0: So today, let's our podcast here, which is powered by Upside Global. We have the honor to interview again, Dr. Ron Dick, Associate Professor of Sports Marketing at Duquesne University in the School of Business. So Ron uh, also worked for 20 years in sports, including 15 years in the NBA with the Sixers in the Nets, and then five years in uh, college sports. So Ron, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you, Julian. Happy to be here.
0: Great. So Ron, uh, what I want to talk to you about today was first uh, Serena's retirement. And then we'll talk about the uh, Kevin Durant situation. We decided to stay with the Nets. And I also, I want to talk about Cameron Smith joining the Leave League. And then uh, we'll talk about the minor leagues likely to soon join the uh, MLB Player Association Union. And then I'd love to get your thoughts on Aaron Judge in a situation with his contract with the Yankees. And then we'll talk about Tom Brady and his marriage. So, first, uh, let's talk about Serena Williams. Uh, yes. Serena Williams said goodbye to tennis last Friday following her third round loss to uh, Mrs. Tomjanovic at the U.S. Okay. Open. She won 23 Grand Slam. So what is your take on her retirement? Is she the GOAT? And what, what's her legacy? What's your take on all this?
1: I, I think she is the GOAT as far as women's tennis is concerned. Uh, she also broke barriers that uh, were not broken before uh, to that level of play, her and her sister, Venus, who yep. Venus seems to get lost in the shuffle. And uh, Serena has been extremely outspoken about, I think her exact quote was, I, I, there wouldn't be uh, Serena if there wasn't a Venus. Like Venus really pushed her, her older sister. And and Venus Venus in her own right is top 20 all time, top 25, if not better. A women's tennis player so a lot of people are talking about margaret court margaret i do remember margaret court i was very young at the time but margaret court dominated in the in the 60s and the 70s and of course she is from australia uh her colleague rod laver right around the team same time frame uh did the same thing for australia he was very good in the in men's tennis yeah. but uh, margaret actually won 24 grand slams as a singles player And Serena is 23, but Serena has won many more overall and of course has done, uh, won a lot of doubles with her sister Venus, uh, grand slams also. So, you know, unfortunately, Margaret, uh, seems to be saying now that she doesn't feel the love or the support or the reciprocity, uh, with, uh, Serena for some reason. Um, I, I I don't know, uh, what the, uh, the comments were, but they're two of the greatest of all time. And at some point, we're just splitting hairs here. Uh, but I do remember Margaret in particular uh, being challenged by a 55 year old during her prime, uh, Bobby Riggs. And what happened was he actually beat her. I think the game, the match was played in California. And then uh, Billie Jean, who I think uh, is the spokesperson for a lot of uh, Title IX and a lot of uh, women's uh, liberation. Yeah. she talked to margaret and said margaret we have got to put this guy down like we've got to beat this guy and then in front of a sold-out crowd in a newer building called the astrodome in houston uh i remember the world stopped in the, in the summer of 74 and we all watched it and uh, billy jean did beat him and uh he jumped the net and he had a he was sponsored by sugar daddy you know he, he was he was definitely a carnival type character uh, god rest his soul but he uh he definitely got his at the end. But Billie Jean is the one that beat him, not Margaret Court. So that was a whole topic. And there's been movies on it called The Battle of the Sexes. And, of course, we all know there will never be a real battle of the sexes because there's too too much fraternizing with the other side. So it was yeah. good that Billie Jean won that that match, which Margaret could not do. So that I think there should be reciprocity with both of them. They're two of the all-time greats of women's tennis. So I'm, I'm very happy for Serena, but she broke so many barriers. Uh, Serena and Venus for breaking so many barriers in that area
0: I think you're right and I was at a US Open um, last week and I actually saw her she was getting out of uh, she was actually getting into a, a car to leave the tournament uh, and I think you're right and the fact that she she, I mean she didn't win a game or she sorry she won less than 10 games in the past 12 months she was unranked and she goes and go to a third round beat world number two in the world I thought it was just incredible. And the way she played, actually, she played better. Uh, That was probably her best tournament that she's ever played in the past 12 months. So I think uh, there's no question that she's, I think she's one of the greatest ever. So- uh, Yeah, there's no question.
1: And and she she did other things too. She changed like the Margaret Courts of the world, uh, even Chris Everett, you know, they're kind of petite, smaller women. Uh, very athletic, obviously, but uh, Serena took it to a whole new level. Is you know, being strong and, and 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 muscular is is a positive thing. And all of her clothing line, like the endorsement deals, you know, prior to that, most of the endorsements were going to Anna Kournikova from Russia, and uh, that that created some resentment right around 2000. Uh, and then Serena just uh, really uh, just blew that out of the water. I mean, she started getting the deals and the commercials and, 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 uh, and she changed, uh, I, you could argue, she changed women's apparel, especially in the uh, area of athletics.
0: Yeah, that, and also she, she became a venture capitalist, right? She's got a fund of $100 million and many other, I guess, athletes, female athletes kind of did the same, right? Naomi Osaka, uh, who actually made more money I think, uh, last year than, than Serena, and now she's got her own agency. I mean, I, you know, like you said, I think she created a precedent for many, many uh, female players, and even male players too, I think.
1: Yeah, and look how many people follow behind her. You know, she was yeah. definitely a trendsetter and, and, uh, and broke uh, barriers that were not there, glass ceilings, if you will, and, uh, and now the next players are coming through. You're seeing uh, definitely more uh, athletic, stronger, hit-the-ball-harder type tennis players on the yeah. women's side.
0: That's exactly right. Uh, good points there. Uh, hey,
1: the, the next topic I want to cover is college sports, and I know that's a
0: topic close mm-hmm. to your heart. So, the College Football Playoff Board of Managers, a group of uh, FBS university presidents, has voted to expand the College Football Playoff from four to twelve teams, and the expansion is set for 2026 after ESPN's current contract for the CFB expires. So. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of money to be involved. I think they're talking about contract ESPN in the magnitude of 500 million dollars per year. So what is your take on this and how important is this for college football?
1: Are we at four? Or are we at eight right now? Are we, it is just four, but. I think it's just four. Yes. From four to okay. 12. So if you're saying we're going to jump from four to 12, like, wow, yeah. that's a really big jump. So some people get a buy, obviously, uh, well, I mean, again, it's just mo' money, mo' money, mo' money, right? I mean, imagine the the NFL-type playoff format you could have for college football. Uh, this will not kick in until, what, 25, 26, somewhere in that year. Yeah, The uh, the money would be uh, astronomical. And, and, you know, how does that help the name-image likeness? Uh, we're only going to keep yeah. paying these players more and more and more. July 1st of 2021 was the first day we could do that. I I I know uh, that that will only get bigger and bigger. It's not going backwards. We're not going back to the old days when, when we weren't paying the players. So everybody needs to get on board, figure this thing out. And this is just more money into the uh, the till so that everybody can get paid. I hope all the players yeah. in particular. I, I got to tell you, my son told me, it was in Florida. He said, dad, I want to play for the Flor- Florida Gators.
0: I want to play football for the <laughs> university. And I was like, you know what? Son, I'll, I'll do the best I can. I'll help you any way I can. So. Hopefully, you know, it'll benefit from that. So, but like you said, only a, a fraction of the players make it to the NFL, right? So it's it's yeah. tough. Um,
1: yeah,
0: right. Um, hey, the next topic, and I know we talked about the situation with Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant uh, apparently will remain, you know, with the Brooklyn Nets uh, this upcoming season. Uh, that's yes. what the Nets reported last month. The announcement mm-hmm. came after a couple of disappointing seasons for the Nets, right? and a summer-long uncertainty about uh, Kevin Durant and also Ker- uh, Kerry Irvine's future, right, with the team. So what do you think uh, went down I know, with Kevin Durant? What do you think happened? What did he stay?
1: Well, there was a couple things. He he wanted uh, – allegedly one of the assistant coaches that he really liked working with got fired, and that that really sent him off into uh, a little bit of a tizzy. Yeah. and. Uh, he wanted some things being done with uh, the head coach, or this coach, or that coach, and making demands to be traded. I, I w- they've got to get Ky- decide on Kyrie Irving. Is is he going? Are they going to pick up that one year option, or, or is it a player's option? I think it's a player's option, so he has to decide. You know, does he want to get paid well over thirty million for one year, or does he want to go up on the market? Well, I mean, Kyrie, as great as he is, he's injured a lot. Um, he had some problems with the COVID situation where he did not get vaccinated and then he couldn't only play in certain games and uh, couldn't play at home, uh, couldn't play in Toronto. So, I mean, it, it, uh, they got to fix that. And then what about Simmons? The Simmons yeah. that they got from the Sixers? Like, is, is he ever going to play? And uh, where does that leave? We got to put better players around Kevin Durant. Uh, I think it's there are worse places to play than New York City. So, uh, you know, certainly that's the media capital of the United States and with Los Angeles. And uh, I don't know. I, th- I think we just got to get him better players. Him and the coach have to get along and make this thing work. And, you know, he's going to get paid big money for the next three years. So I'm not really sure what the problem is. Um, maybe the demand for him wasn't as strong as he originally thought Mm -hmm. i mean he's been in the league since 05 i mean people forget he played with the seattle supersonics yes the Supersonics when they had a team in seattle for a year then went to oklahoma city and then the rest is history but that was in like 05 06 so that was a while ago he's got some miles on him uh great player hall of fame obviously already got his championship so I mean, there are a lot of people in this world to worry about, but I think I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, and, and my, yeah, I think you I think
0: you're right. I, I think also an issue was that the Nets they knew what they wanted to get in return, right, for Kevin Durant, and I think yes. the other NBA team didn't want to give up too many, like two top players and draft picks, and so it was it was a tough situation, I think, for for Kevin Durant as well, and they, they didn't make it easy for him, I think, to probably leave, right, because they want to get a good return, and they didn't.
1: Right, exactly. So sometimes these, these teams have gotten to the point now where they say, okay, go ahead out there and, and uh, go get the best deal. And if it's someplace that, you know, they identify teams that you'll go to, and then uh, that kind of that universe is very narrow. It's not like he's going to go to particular teams that he'll just eliminate from his list because they're too far away from uh you know winning a championship so that universe is probably three four five teams and if those teams say no we're not going to yeah. give you asking prices that we don't have a deal yep that's it and he had you know he had three years on his contract so
0: i think that's big, big, big money big money yeah Yep. Uh, hey, look. Uh, second, I mean, third topic. Uh, we talked already about the the Live Golf League. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they recently announced that Cameron Smith, the the Open champion, has agreed to become their highest ranked recruit. Uh, Smith, mm-hmm. with the world the world number two, will tee off in this weekend's Live event in Boston after accepting a deal believed to be worth more than one hundred million dollars. So that's one yeah. thing that came out of the Live Golf League. Another thing was, and I'm sure you saw it, you saw it, that uh, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy announced kind of a new initiative. It took them two years to put it off. Uh, mm-hmm. Something that would I think kind of compete against uh, the leave Golf League. So what what is your take on this whole thing, you know, the PGA uh, tour versus the,
1: the, the leave Golf League? What do you think uh, is happening and, you know, what, what's your take on that? The number I heard For him was 143 million so it's even more for the top league uh, second best player you mentioned but the uh, I think there's a couple apologies that have to go out here I think uh, the PGA and and for the most part the media here in the United States they owe Phil Mickelson and I know he's not perfect but they owe Phil an apology Mm -hmm. I mean they lambasted him and and, uh, you know they really vilified him as a bad guy and anti-american and all this other stuff uh and then the pga went out and did exactly what the 54 the the live uh, did so it's a little hypocritical uh that that uh the pga went out and did that uh that and that's unfortunate but uh these people uh the the live group the 54 uh, rounds of golf they don't um I don't know that they care if they make a profit. And once you go down that road, uh, it's amazing how much money you can spend. And the golfers are professional athletes, you know, and they only have a window of so many years that they can play. So yeah. they're trying, you know, we call that a max contract in the NBA, right? They're, they're maxing out what they can make for now. And I don't know in a capitalistic society, if there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that's kind of how we're built. So I think Phil deserves an apology. And I think that PGA is a little hypocritical that they're going out and doing the same thing that uh that the L I V guys did.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, but there's a lot going on, you know, there's a big robbery right now between those two leagues. So uh, yep. but I think that
1: the, the live Golf league is here to stay. I don't think they're going away anytime soon. And I believe it proves, and a lot of the players, you know, prior to the live thing have said the pga and the lpga are holding a lot of money back hmm. prize money that should go to the players and this shows that they probably were right that a lot of it was held up in management cost and fees and different things uh the tv ratings were extremely high especially when tiger was doing well and uh, they didn't share that money they held it So now somebody else comes along, you know, another competitor, another, another industry, another option for the golfers. And uh, they're just passing on the proceeds right to uh, the players. So maybe the players were right all those years, you know, those decades.
0: Yeah. I think it's a very good point. Uh, That makes sense. So, Hey, the the next topic is uh, Aaron judge with the Yankees. Uh, As you know, in April, the Yankees offered Judge a seven-year extension worth $213 million, which was reject- rejected, right, by Aaron Judge.
1: But Judge yes. said
0: that he wants to remain with the, the Yankees. Now, Steinbrenner, brainer, you know, the uh, owner of the Yankees, said that uh, Aaron is a great Yankee, he's very valuable in the organization, he's a great leader, and he's performing extremely well, and they want him to stay, right? So yes. do you think that Aaron Judge will stay with the Yankees next season?
1: I think uh, that that is, they lowballed him earlier in the year. I think he got great advice from his agent and anybody else was whispering in his ear not to sign the deal. Now, that's easy to say in hindsight because he's going out and putting up uh, Roger Maris type numbers right now. Uh, he is finally going to be a complete free agent. Uh, I think he's around the age 27, 28, 29. Uh, they lowballed him during arbitration in years four and five, which left the mm-hmm. bitter taste in his mouth. Uh, I think he's a, a wonderful story. Uh, this is a uh, adopted young guy that yeah. uh, was raised by uh, fabulous people and uh, he was raised right and, and he's very successful. Uh, you don't hear anything off the field problems with Aaron Judge. He's a he's a solid citizen. Mm -hmm. And uh, God bless him. He's he's worked his whole career to get to this point of becoming a free agent. Hopefully the Yankees do well in the playoffs. In their case, they go on to win the World Series. I mean, could he be the first $500 million player? Uh, Possibly. Would the crosstown rival Mets have some money that they could spend on him if they're willing to go over the luxury cap? You got Boston mm-hmm. Red Sox, you got the Dodgers, maybe the Cubs are trying to get back into the game and get to the World Series like in 16. Uh wow, it's a great time to be Aaron Judge.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. for sure. I mean,
1: but do you think they'll spend five hundred million dollars on him?
0: Do you
1: think I, I, somebody might be crazy enough to go that high? I mean, he certainly has shown nothing but durability. Unlike our guy with the angels from, uh, Millville, New Jersey, he's injured like all the time, it seems like, and he's got a bad back and he was what he's the $430 million guy. Um, trout, Mike trout, a wonderful guy too out of uh, the Philly area. So I don't know. He's certainly played better than Mike trout has recently. Um, and only, and only it's like trying to sell your house. It's not an index of what everybody thinks. It's just what one person will pay. Uh we're going to find out how committed to the money he is. I mean, I'm looking at other guys like this Austin Riley guy uh, from the uh, the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. He's put up monster numbers, uh, especially this year. And he's looking at what the first baseman did and went back to the Dodgers and has regrets, right? The first baseman that left the, the Braves and went to the Dodgers, he's having second thoughts Uh, About that sixth year, well, Austin Riley just signed for about two twelve for ten years, and that's looking like a really good deal for both parties, but definitely for the Braves that they have third base locked up, and the guy's a great defensive player and got lots of thunder in his bat, and uh, they're all set now at third base for ten years, and that guy's going to be a thorn in the behind of the Mets and the Phillies and the Nationals and anybody else in the National League uh, East, like the Marlins. So, you know, that was a great deal. He's got his guaranteed money. I mean, at what point is enough enough? You know, so I, I don't, we're going to find out how much Aaron really wants to be in Andy's yeah.
0: whole. I think you're right. Very good point. Uh, I mean, I, I would, I would pay him the money. I mean, now $500 million, I don't know, but I would try to do the best I can to keep him. Uh, yeah. The Yankees. Um, and what
1: happens? He bet on himself. You know, and when someone bets on themselves and rolls the dice like he did, I'm always happy when it works out for them. You know, I mean, that took a lot of guts not to sign that contract. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: I think you're right. His Asian party uh, was a big part of it. Right. So um, so we'll we'll see. Hey, speaking of baseball. Right. So the Major League Baseball Player Association is taking a big step towards seismic changes in the economics of baseball. Uh, The MLB player association sent out authorization cards to minor league players to begin the process of unionizing them, right, so they can become a union. Now, a 30% signing rate would trigger a vote to unionize. From there, a majority of minor league players would need to vote to join the MLB player association, which would allow the union to collectively bargain on their behalf. So uh, what do you think? Is it likely to happen?
1: What do you think about this, uh, this whole, you know? I, th- I think we have to step back for a second and, and look at uh, how COVID changed minor league baseball in particular. Yeah. The, uh, we had, in hindsight, we probably had too many minor league teams and too many independent baseball teams where they weren't necessary. Now, you could argue, well, look at Mike Piazza, you know, in 1988, coming out of Northtown high school area. He was a sixty-fifth round pick, just as a favor by Tommy Lasorda. And look, he turned out to be a Hall of Fame catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would have never even gotten a chance to play in the minor leagues, and then you know really progress quickly up through. So yes, we're going to have AAA, and that's a heartbeat away from the majors. Yes, we have Double We have a great one, uh, the New York Penn League here in New York and Pennsylvania. It's been around the Eastern League for like since nineteen twenty or twenty-five. And then you have single A teams that, that, and they have the parent team that they go to and they can't be within home plate of 60 miles without the permission. And then you have independent baseball, but we have probably way too many instructional leagues and it's not cost effective for the teams. So as a result, I think it would be great if, if, if the minor leagues could be unionized and uh, even if they have to pay a dues and things, but the, the problem with minor league baseball is you, you always know, who the big signing babies are they call them right and they're the ones with the nice cars because yeah. the minor league players literally make peanuts like you're just keeping the dream alive mm-hmm. uh, these guys get paid like less than $1500 a month so really? like they, yeah they get paid they get paid peanuts to be in the minor league so their signing bonus is so critical and of course that's based on what round they were drafted on and what position in that round so some guys at 18 years old go from high school right to the minor leagues and other guys go to college. So I think MLB is looking at like the NFL and the NCA model and going, Hey, why don't we let these, the sec conference, the PAC 12, the big 12, the big East, whoever it is, uh, want the big Ten? Why don't we let them cultivate and develop the players and then we'll take them as juniors and they come out in the draft as opposed to taking the minor taking them right out of high school yeah and and that way we can save money on all these minor leagues because so few guys make it all the way through to the majors That's i mean right. the fact even if you play one game in the major leagues it's, it's stunning how, how few guys get to that level so i think they see and, and as a result that really hurt like so there's less umpiring jobs there's less front office gm assistant gm sales marketing jobs there, there's less uh, everything, everything. Coaches, managers. There's less positions for people to develop their skill set, not just the players, because we have less minor leagues, and that all came out of COVID.
0: Well, I'll tell you. I mean, I you mentioned the how much they make. They make right in the minor league. I read mm-hmm. that typically they make between five thousand to fourteen thousand a year, right? Which is yes. not a lot of money.
1: Um, no. Hey, so they they pay six months usually the minor leagues are not the full six not the full six months like the major league is but maybe maybe it's a four or five month season so yeah they're getting paid like two two thousand a month like you can you can and they're mostly on the road living in hotels and and you're just keeping the dream alive like you're you you can barely pay for your flat or your apartment and a lot of times the guys you know they have bunk beds and they just have like uh, you know beds and a shower there, and they're at the ballpark like all the time. I mean, there's well, not much. i tell much you,
0: I, 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 I was in Florida, in
1: Florida, Southern Florida. I was visiting a training
0: camp of a of a baseball team. I won't tell mm-hmm. you who that was, but you could see all those minor league players trying to make it. Well, those young kids, yes. yes, and they were just like you know had that look in their eyes, like like am I going to make it? Because uh, it's it's very tough. I can't like you said. But- you know, it's a very slim chance for them to make it to the MLB.
1: So Yeah. And you know that, and that's really where the steroid thing comes in you know, historically when the steroids were rampant, it's like, okay, you know what? Like I'm just going to wash out after three, four five years, and then go back to wherever I came from. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm, I do a few steroids and I, instead of that ball dying on the warning track, it's going into the 10th row and then I'm getting noticed. Like, I might as well roll the dice and just do the steroids because mm. I'm not going to, if I don't. Right. So it's, it's ultra competitive. And uh, you know, everybody wants to be a five tool player. They, right. They want to hit, they want to hit with power. They want to throw, they want to defend, yeah. they want to run. And if you can do those five things, you'll move up quickly because not everybody can do all five of those. And uh, you yeah. know, as a result, you get that temptation, Uh, Mm -hmm. to try to performance enhancing drug the PED. What I think is disappointing is when someone signs that monster contract like we had in San Diego and then is doing steroids and saying Mm -hmm. that it had big worm, you know, that that was a very uh unfortunate situation. And uh, the shortstop for the Padres, so and his father had played Tatista, his father had played many years with the Cardinals and some other teams too, so that that uh that's not good. And, uh, you know, that that I, hopefully the PED thing is something that uh, isn't done because that really leaves damaging uh, to your, to your body. Yeah, you're right.
0: Uh, Hey, last topic of the podcast today, Tom Brady, right? Uh, There's Mm -hmm. been a lot of talks and discussions. So according to some reports, Tom Brady's marriage might be in trouble. Uh, Tom Mm Brady's wife, Giselle Bunchen recently allegedly left her home with Brady to go to Costa Rica. And one of the factors has been the adage arguments the couple has been having uh, regarding the surprising decision for Tom Brady to unretire from the NFL. And, and Tom Brady is still in Tampa, uh, rejoined the Buccaneers after a period away uh, to deal with his issues. So uh, Tom Brady's contract is expiring at, also at the end of the NFL season, which means that he could retire again, rejoin the Buccaneers, or join another team. So, which I think will make it, even, you know, even harder on the, on their marriage if there is uh, something yeah. going on. So, what do you think is going is going on down there?
1: Well, I, I mean, any of us that are married, um, you know, I, I'm very careful not to judge too hard on marriages. Uh, you know, I mean, it's. It's even if you marry the right person, it's gonna be a little bit of work, right? And they're trying yeah. to raise children. I'm not sure how many children they have. I think they have two or three, and then he has the the older son from the previous relationship. So I mean that's a lot of work to put on your wife. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you agree that I mean, because you know, being a pro athlete, like that's twenty four seven, like three sixty five, right? During the season, like he's not available. Yeah. And and as a result, Uh, You know, if you say you're going to do something and then you renege on it, you don't do it like that. That's going to leave. I don't care who you are. That's going to leave some bitterness between you you and your spouse. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the communication is very important. Obviously, in their marriage, money's not an issue. Right. There's plenty of that. Um, It's about time. Right. Time time and money. It seems like that's what everybody wants. So, Tom, uh, you know, he's he's got to kind of figure out where 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 what the priority is you know that being said the kids are now getting to the age where they kind of understand it like wow my dad's the quarterback of the buccaneers and like he's one of the greatest of all time like the kids start to enjoy it a little bit more i think yeah um but yet they're becoming teenagers, so you got to be around more. And uh, you know, I'm careful not to judge on that one too hard. But you know, you make a decision that you're going to do something, and then you back out of it. That's that's going to not sit well with a, a man or a woman. So you know that that's uh, kind of my take on it.
0: I think you're right. It, it's tough to judge, right? I mean, it's all. It must be a challenging situation. Um, but I think knowing also that you signed a contract with Fox for ten years. Is going to be a TV, you know, that is some TV. Yeah. That's going to add on top of it, right? I like got to add some tension. Yeah,
1: it, that's right. So he has that sitting in the wings. Um, I don't, he obviously doesn't have anything else to prove on the field. Uh, mm-hmm. I certainly understand you want to play until they burn the uniform off. You. you you still got stuff in the tank. You don't want to sit in your wheelchair at in his case, I guess, 60 and say, I would have, could have, should have played another year. Uh, you know, you hear Michael Jordan even talk about that now in the last dance. He says, you know, we should have gone for a seventh. We could have got Scotty to stay one more year. You know, so like you you yeah. you you romance the past, especially in sports, that we could have got a seventh. You know, he could have got another Super Bowl at whatever age he is now, 44, 43, then then you you wish you had. Um, now I would say it's probably time to call Tony Romo or call Troy Aikman or anybody else that's been doing that. Drew Brees yep. is trying to do it a little bit more. Like how much time away am I really from my family? I got to believe it's significantly less yes. than being, being a pro quarterback, right? So, yes, I can do stuff at home researching the game that I'm going to do the color analyst of this week. That's not as demanding. Yes, you got to fly there. and You know, we're talking what? 17 18 weeks a year so that's a little different than than uh breaking down tape 24 hours a day seven days a week which supposedly that's what he likes to do so yeah i i and again you got to run that by the 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 missus too like you know are you going to be okay with that you know you got to figure that out
0: that's a very good point uh well that's for him to figure that out that's not our job right but i'm sure you know hopefully you make the right decision so
1: yeah yeah um, absolutely
0: we're at the end of the interview, but I want to thank you again for your time. It's always great to talk to you. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Julian. I hope everybody's doing, out there, doing well out there in podcast land. Have a great, great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.